Amen. Amen, amen, and amen. Last week, for those that weren't here, um, we looked at a really simple truth that we are free in Jesus. We're made free. And in being made free, we discover the great Christian paradox that true freedom is slavery to Christ. It's rife through the New Testament, that we are his slaves, even all the way through to Revelation, that we are his slaves, yeah? The problem with that word, though, is that because of what's happened in life and in the world, it has a real negative con- you know, connotation to it. But being a slave to Christ is nothing like that because it brings liberty and it brings freedom. And in fact, we're so free that the only reason that we're a slave to Christ is because we choose who we're going to serve. Because you can't serve two masters, can you? Serve one or you serve the other. You don't serve yourself. You don't stand in the middle. You serve this guy (laughs) or you serve this guy. Our freedom comes in the choosing. The liberty comes in living for him. And uh, last week... I shared an example that I, I really liked. If, for those that were here, do you remember the example of the kite? A kite only takes flight when it's a slave to the string. But the minute that you cut the string, you actually cut the kite's ability to be able to fly. It comes crashing down. And we're a little bit the, sla- the same with the Lord. We're a slave to him. yeah, And we can reach the highest heights and fulfill all of our potential in him. But the minute that you cut the string... We cut our ability to fly and to walk in him. So Father God's created us for this freedom, our choice, yeah? And our choice, I said last week in this Christian life, is should I keep my freedom or give it up and submit to Jesus? That's not the right question. The right question is should I serve sin or should I serve God? That's what we looked at last week. And um, and I need to build a foundation because... I want to take you on a journey, yeah? I want to take you um, where God wants us to go. Because the Bible is full of, I guess, what seem like oxymorons and paradoxes, but it's a process and a journey that God has us on over and over. And last week we looked at Tim Keller's quote where he says, Religion works if you obey, then God will love and accept me. But the gospel is I'm loved and accepted, therefore I wish to obey. So it comes from this knowledge of his love that we then shout out that we sang this morning. From that place, we obey, yeah? And and it's because of that knowledge, because we know that we're dearly loved, we're we're loved beyond all others, yeah, by God himself, that we're able to do that, that we're happy to do that, that we want to do that. We want to serve him. Because for you and I, the only way for us to be his hands and his feet extended. The only way for us to be the salt, the only way for us to be the light, is to know how much he loves us, yeah? And it's that that allows us, that that propels us into wanting to obey him. Nothing else. So if you don't have a right knowledge, understanding, experience of his love for you, then you can never fully obey him, yeah? We can only imitate him because we're dearly loved children. If you don't understand the extent of being dearly loved, you're going to really struggle to imitate him and to be his slave. I share all that just to build a foundation because 
it's, it's really quite a confusing thought when you don't sit with it often to know that we were slaves to sin. He set us free because of what he's done on the cross. But that freedom, we are now slaves to Christ. Yeah, it sort of doesn't make sense in our everyday worldly type thinking, yeah? So having taken you through some of that journey last week, and if you weren't here last week, can I just suggest, grab a hold of it. We've got it online. You can stream it or download it for free just to help build a foundation, yeah? See, all of this stuff is a foundation. It's needed. We can't get to the next level of glory, the next level of strength, unless we're building on what was, yeah? Just like in life, we build on the, you know, and we stand on the shoulders of those that go before us. Everything about our Christian faith is built precept on precept, truth on truth, yeah? And we, we grow from glory to glory and strength to strength, building on what we've learnt. None of it fades away. It's all there and it's necessary because it feeds each other. So I'm going to share a suggestion today from the place that true freedom is slavery to Christ. But I think we need to pray so that I get my thinking straight. Is that okay? So, Father, help me to think straight. Help the words to come out right. Father, we pray that the ears that are in the listening will only hear the words that you want heard, God. And, Father, things that I have in my own mind that are from my own thoughts and not yours, Lord, I pray, God, that I'll just forget them even before I arrive there. Father, that, Lord, we would walk away from this place actually feeling like we have been totally encouraged, inspired by you, Lord, with fresh revelation, Father, to be able to walk this life more and more like your son, Jesus. So, Father, I just say, have your way in the word today in all of our hearts, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so, excuse me while I take a refreshment break. Here's my suggestion. It's a suggestion, it's a thought. Many Christians actually consider and see the kingdom as small. They have a smallish view of the kingdom. Yeah? You often hear it. You can't do it like that. We never did it like that. It can't be done like that. It's not for now. It was for then. You just hear terminology as you speak to different Christians from different denominations, from different ethnicities, different parts of the globe, and they have this smallish idea. It's this way, not that way. You know, they just have this thought that fits into their box, I guess, that helps with their understanding. But like I said before, the kingdom is filled with the word that, that seems to be the word of the year, paradoxes. And the Lord for this year wants to take us on a journey of freedom and the reason that I believe that many Christians have a really small view of the kingdom is because of this scripture, Matthew 7, 13 and 14. I'm just going to use it as a, to, to help substantiate my suggestion and thought. Yeah. So Matthew 17, 13 and 14, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only... A few find it. So to get into the kingdom, you have this narrow gate. It's like a door that's not built to spec. Yeah? And there's only one way through it. And the big way is going to lead you to destruction. The big path 
and the big way and the wide road is going to lead you to separation from God. That road leads to ruin. Yeah? That, that road leads to where you're completely cut off from Father. And it's easier to walk on that road, obviously, because it's broad and because it's wide, than it is to walk through the narrow door, which it says that only few find it. Yeah? And so now we have a group of Christians around the world that have a really narrow view of the gospel, a really narrow view of the kingdom. Because it's such a small doorway. It's like this. This is what the kingdom's like. Anything outside of that is this broad and wide road. But the kingdom actually doesn't, doesn't work that way. I don't know how many of you are sci-fi fans, but anyone ever watch Doctor Who? Yeah? The kingdom is like the TARDIS. For those that don't watch Doctor Who, yeah, the kingdom is like a blue English phone box, police box. It's got four walls. And people see the kingdom as this, this little phone box, yeah? Even think about the old phone boxes you used to see here in Australia that seem to have all disappeared because people would scratch the glass, graffiti it, break it, you know. It's a narrow door. You open it, you, can, you have to get in like this. You can't get two people in at the same time. And this is their picture of the kingdom. But when you watch Doctor Who and the Tartars, it's this small box, but when you step inside of it, it's huge. It, 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 it just goes from room to room, level to level, and, and you're standing there saying, this is impossible. If, you, if you've ever watched the show, the characters that step into it the first time always have the same reaction. It's like, and they step outside and they look around the box, you know. They look around it. They can see the sides. This is the narrow door, right? This is a narrow door. Unbelievable. Then they step back inside and it's like, oh my goodness. You know, it just keeps going and going and going and going. That is a truer picture of the kingdom than anything that you will ever find. Seriously, if you've never watched Doctor Who, even Google it on your computer and Google TARDIS, T-A-R-D-I-S, inside and out to get an idea of what happens in the kingdom. It may be a narrow door. You need Jesus to get through that door. But when you get in there, it just explodes, yeah? It just opens up. That's the kingdom. Now, I suggested that people have a reasonably small picture of what the kingdom's like. Bill Johnson even has a quote. He goes, there's a difference between the entrance to the kingdom and the life in the kingdom. Because the entrance is narrow. But as you step into it, the life in the kingdom explodes. It's huge. We've got to, you've got to just grab a hold of this for, for a moment, yeah? Because you see, the life in the kingdom, which is past the front narrow door of salvation, is totally different inside. Totally different. The problem is that so much of Christendom is stuck at the entrance. So much of Christianity is stuck at the door. The problem is that the narrow road is only the entrance. Yeah? It is only the entrance. He's going to do more than we can possibly ever dream and imagine and think. The entrance is only the beginning. It's just there. That's it. After that, bang, it explodes. Yeah? 
And it's right here that we've just stepped. We're slaves to Christ. We're just stepping into the kingdom. But it's right here at this place that he wants to take us on the next part of our journey, the next process, the next bit, yeah? The next add-on, the next thing that he wants to show us. So if we're stuck here, we're sinners. If we just get to the door, we're slaves to Christ, which is really important because that doesn't change. But as we step into the kingdom, he reveals something much greater for all of us, yeah? And 2017 is all about freedom. Last week, I shared that a slave, and I'll keep coming back to this because we've got to understand that we build on precepts. We build on truth. It doesn't go away. I stand on this platform because the platform is built on the floor. If I take the floor away, then the platform will collapse and I won't be able to stand on it. Yeah? So just grab that as an, as an analogy in your mind. Now, a slave is someone whose life belongs to someone else. Last week, we looked at the whole idea that we are purchased, the scripture says, at a high price. Yeah? Purchased at a high price means he bought us, paid for us, owns us, yeah? So that means he has absolute ownership, absolute control, desires absolute obedience, absolute loyalty, and absolute dependence. Because slavery was a social relationship between two persons where one had nothing, that would be us in this case, yeah? Because we come to him with nothing except what he's authorised, desired and provided. Now, in his kingdom, he starts to give us stuff that we didn't have before, yeah? So go with me here. We are wholly dependent on the Father because we're slaves to Christ. He provides all we need, absolutely everything, because he's our master. Bible says that, very clear. Yes, he's our father. Yes, he's our brother. He's our comforter and God, but he's also our Lord and King, yeah? He provides all we need, we're totally loyal to him because we can't serve two masters. You don't want to be one of those, you know, reeds flopping in the wind. Yeah? Freedom is not doing whatever we want. Our freedom comes from being able to decide who our master will be. So, it's at this place of surrender because Romans 6 verse 17, I'll jump straight to verse 17, says, Thank God, once you were slaves to sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey. We looked at this scripture last week. This teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin and you have become slaves to righteous living. Yeah. So it's in this place of surrender. It's in this place where we say, yes, we understand how much you love us. We understand the price that you paid for us, that we are going to sing of your love forever. Yeah. Now, Daddy loves us so much that he wants to pour more and more love, right, into our lives. So we see and learn and experience his goodness. We're embraced, we're valued and we're accepted. And because of that, we obey because we know how much he loves us. That's why we obey. But then he does something as we step into the TARDIS. Then he does something as we step into this new space. Then he does something when we step into this area that is far beyond what we ever saw or imagined, yeah? He does something really sweet, actually really beautiful. See, as we, become, as we come to know his love and begin living for him because we want to, 
You've got to understand, living for him, it's not because we have to, because he's our master. It's because we want to, and he's our master. It's, there's a difference, yeah? He whispers in our ears, that all of us. He whispers into all our ears. And he says this to his slaves, yeah? To those who are obedient. He says, come a little closer. Come on, come a bit closer. And you're like, I am. You go, no, 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 you can get closer still. Come a bit closer. I, I've got something for you, yeah? There's more. And then he says this, John 15, 15. I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I call you friends for everything that I learned from my father I've now made known to you. Now, last week, and I've got to, again, I've got to keep building on this foundation, that often in Scripture, the word servant, when the word servant is used, is actually the word slave. The reason that most translations opt for the word servant is because of the disdain that the word slave carries. Because being known as a slave to Christ doesn't ring our bell, does it, really? Woohoo! I'm a slave to Christ! Yeah! Yeah, we all have that thought straight away in our hearts, didn't we? We just, oh, that's awesome, Pastor, thank you. No, but to be a servant, we can handle that. But in that passage in John 15, 15, the word servant is the Greek word doulos. It's actually a better word that's translated as slave. Yeah? The word doulos, they've translated as servant, but a better translation of that word or meaning of that word is slave. So I've got to bring some revelation to this word doulos because doulos is found right through the New Testament. Yeah? And often it's translated as servant rather than slave. Now, we're not talking about a slave to sin. We're talking about someone who's a slave to Christ, doulos. Now, this word that's used right through the New Testament, unlike slaves to sin, when doulos is used, it's, it actually carries the highest dignity. You understand? It's actually, I won't say a term of endearment, but it carries weight. If someone was in the New Testament was to use the word doulos to say that you were their slave, it actually carries a dignity about it. You can pop your shoulders back, hold your head up high. It's all good, yeah? It doesn't have the same bad rap as the, sl the word slave does today. It doesn't carry the same negative context. It, it actually refers to, and are you ready for this? The word dual or slave actually refers to and was used for believers who willingly. It's really hard having the word slave and willingly in the same sentence, isn't it? Yeah? Yeah? There's, there's your paradox. There's your oxymoron. But the word was used for believers who willingly lived under Christ's authority as his devoted followers. Yeah? You've got to capture this. So you can't get away from the reality and truth that you're a slave to Christ. Yeah? It's there through the scriptures. You are his slave. But the word slave, doulos, was something that carried dignity and it was for those who willingly came under Christ's authority as his devoted followers. I think that's brilliant. Not only do we somehow have the word slave and willingly in the same sentence, 
but it's a name that was given to Jesus' devoted followers. Let me ask you a question. Do you consider yourself somewhat devoted? I don't know if I want to be now. <laughs> it goes deeper still. I love it. I love it when stuff goes, oh, I can't wait. I'm gonna, I, love, I love messing with stuff. It goes deeper. The apostles felt that his service, so to be in service to Jesus, was perfect freedom. So the word doulos, or slave, became the name, the common name that they gave themselves. They gave themselves that name. Thanks, Nath. Like, we shy away from that name because of the negative context it carries in our world. But these guys, they found that to be in his service was perfect freedom, so Julos became the name that they gave themselves. And we even looked at it last week with Paul. Romans 1.1. This letter is from Paul, a slave of Jesus Christ, written by him, yeah? What about Philippians 1.1? This is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus. Over and over, they refer to themselves as slaves, doulos. But you know what? A revelation came to me last night, and it was really late. Nathan's birthday's tomorrow. He had his friends sleep over. There was four of them in the one room. They went to bed at 10, 12.30. There was still noise not just emanating, gushing out of that bedroom, yeah. Okay, thank you. I was obviously asleep for that hour and a half. Praise God for that. They were probably awake because of my snoring. But here's the revelation. Psalm 84.10. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Yeah, I would one day. I would rather one day in your courts. I would rather be a servant in your house than be free out there. You you have to you have to capture the intensity. God gave me this revelation in bed, and I just I was just crying with my head on the pillow. Better God to serve you for just one day. Better to be Julos, your slave than a thousand years anywhere else. This is us. And Father says to us, as we live this life of freedom, as we obey him because we know that we're loved and accepted, he says, come closer, I've got something, something more for you, something to share. And then he whispers, John 15, 15. You're no longer servants. You're no longer slaves. Now, now, I'm going to call you my friends. See, this is a glory to glory moment. This is building on the truth of before. This is building from one precept to the next. This is walking on the floor and now I'm about to step up onto the stage. In fact, this truth is so good that it goes from glory to glory, strength to strength. I can only get to this because of what's below me. If I take any of that away, if I don't want to be a slave for Christ, you will never ever be called a friend. 
Because you can't be his friend unless you're first a slave. Because in John 15, 15, it says, I no longer call you slaves, I call you friends. But John 15, 14 says, you are my friends if you do what I command. And we've got Christians everywhere that don't want to listen to Jesus and wonder why they're not experiencing everything he has for them. But it's so simple. Step into the TARDIS. It's bigger than the four walls that you see on the outside. Inside, it's huge. And so we learn this love. And so we start to obey. And when he sees us obey, he comes over and goes, Hey, dude, you're not my slave. You're my friend. Don't we? Yes, you are. Don't, even better again, don't we have that relationship with our children? When they're first born, we teach them what to do, what not to do. We give them the do's and the don'ts. Yeah, and because they know that we love them, in most cases they do them. That's generally how it works in a family. But as we build relationship with them, we move past to the point where, they, where we try to control them. We move past the point where they just do what we want. We start to build friendship with them and we journey with them. Look, it's completely different. And the Father wants to journey with us. From glory to glory, strength to strength. He doesn't want to leave us as slaves. But we've got to start somewhere. It's a foundational truth that cannot, cannot be changed. See, the encounter that we have with Father God as a slave is different to the encounter we have with Father God as his friend. See, as a doulos, as a slave... The scripture says we don't know what our master's doing. We do what we're told. He loves us. We're stoked. We know this is right. It's got nothing to do with our salvation. We just do it because it's the right thing to do. But now, as a friend, we, we get invited into this intimate place. We know that we're loved. We, we know that we're accepted. But he says, come closer. Come closer. In your obedience, come closer. This is how important to realise. It's so important for us to realise the process. So important for us to realise the journey that Father has us on right through this book. You are friends. You have a different focus. To obey is still important. Because it says, you're my friends if you do what I command. To obey is still important. You cannot remove that. To remove that is to remove a level of the foundation, yeah? You can't change that. But there's something more important because now we're friends. It's one's part of the other. You can't separate them. You can't be a friend until you're a slave. And until you're a slave, he doesn't call you a friend. See, freedom's a process. Everything we have is for free. We do nothing for it. But once we step into the kingdom, there's a responsibility we carry, yeah, as his children. Here's, a, here's another quote by Bill Johnson. Friends are less concerned about disobeying as they are disappointing. The disciples' focus shifted from the commandments to the presence, from the assignment to the relationship, from what I do for him to 
how my choices affect him. Yeah? We're now his friends. We're now his friends. We've obeyed him. We've listened to him. Yes, we're slaves to Christ and all of that is right and true. And now he says, hey, come forward. I've got something more for you. We now experience brand new encounters with Daddy, encounters that we didn't experience before. In fact, now as his friends, we have an intimate knowledge of our Father's heart. In a true relationship, in a true friendship, there's vulnerability, yeah? there's transparency. If you have a true friend in the house or out there, there's stuff that you know about each other that nobody else knows. Yeah? And now we're called his friends. We're in this intimate place. We now have an intimate knowledge of our Father's heart. Now we can re represent him better than ever before. Yeah? Because we know him better. Some of you know my wife and you may talk to others about how wonderful she is. But I'll talk to them about how more wonderful on top of that that she is because I know her better. Yeah? We now, as friends, are intimate with Father God. As his friends, we now have different access to the Father. Completely different access. Because we're brought into this place of intimacy with Father God. And intimacy brings us to a place where now we know the heartbeat of the Father. We know the heartbeat of Papa. And now we get to share everything with Jesus. Heirs and co-heirs, the Bible says, yeah? We're no longer doulos, no longer slaves. They don't know. They simply obey. But now we're intimate. Now we know him in a deeper way. Now we get to share in inheritance. Not our salvation, yeah? Not our salvation. We got that. But this stuff that he has for us here on this earth, yeah? that we can live, an inheritance. Ponder that. We share an inheritance. You ever thought about that, an inheritance? You're about to get something for free that someone worked, could be their whole life for. They could have busted their chops completely. <laughs> and now you're about to get it for nothing. And today God whispers into our ears, come closer, there's more. You're no longer slaves, you're my friends. And so now we get to share in an inheritance. We now enter a whole new world with him and we're going to get stuff for free. I reckon it's pretty good. If it's for free, it's for me. We don't have to do anything for it. We don't have to make the same sacrifices that were made to get it. We just get it. We go from one place of glory to another in our relationship with daddy, with him. He brings us deeper. He wants to share more with us. He couldn't do it with us when we were slaves. He had to bring us deeper into the kingdom and say, hey, now I call you friends. See, I love this passage in Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed yeah, belong to us and to our children forever that we may follow all the words of this law. Where was that other scripture? Excuse me for just a moment. Instead, I have called you friends, for everything that I learned from the Father I have made known 
I have made known. I have made known to you. He reveals to something to us now that we're friends that wasn't revealed to us before. Are you going with me so far? Is that okay? Yes? Somewhat? <laughs> so God has a plan. He had this stuff for us. Adam and Eve mucked it up. But because of the cross, it belongs to us. But there's a process and a journey. And we finally get to a place where he starts to reveal it as we step into the friendship. He starts to reveal it as we step into the TARDIS and actually understand and learn that the kingdom is much bigger than the narrow door at the front. Yeah. He starts to reveal it as we step into this intimate place with him. And Father God's been waiting for this moment. He's been waiting for you. Not just for me, for you. Like even in your mind right now, say, he's waiting for me because he wants to reveal it to you. The wonders of heaven to you. New stuff for you. You're his friend. It's like when you buy a new house. You start at the front door. You walk in. You check out the first room, the second room. Check out the next room, the lounge room, the kitchen. You know, you go through it room by room by room by room. You go out the backyard. You check out the back office. The bit by bit, the house is revealed to you. Yeah? With our faith... Bit by bit, he reveals to us at the right time. And now that we're his friends, he makes it known to us. This is what the place of friendship brings. So this year, this year, you need to soak yourself in this stuff because John 13, 34 says, For he sent, he's sent by God, he speaks God's word, for God gives him the spirit without limit. We know that we have the spirit of God living within us, yeah? Through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit. We know that God placed his fullness in his son, so we have the fullness of God. But let's unpack it a little bit more. Because this spirit without limit is a spirit without measure. And because we have the life of Christ within us, within us, yeah, we have a spirit without measure. The spirit that's within you is without limit. I can't do that. I'm not spiritual enough. So oh, can you pray for me? Hold on a minute. I'll get some... You can do all things through Christ that lives in. You have a spirit that cannot be measured inside of you. He wants to reveal this truth to you this year so you can live in true freedom because he's calling you out to be his friend. Yeah, You're no longer slaves. You're meant to live your Christian life without limit. You're meant to live your Christian life without measure. Now we're friends. Now we're intimate. Now we know his heart. Living as a slave is different to living as a friend. Yeah? Is that all right? Look, I don't know about you. You can stay living as a slave because we need to live as a slave, but there's a process to go from that level of glory to the next. And I don't know about you, but I want to jump on that chair. I love the platform. That's really cool, but I want to go to that next level of strength and glory. So... I want to quickly just give you a couple, two examples, yeah? If you have a friend and you're intimate with that friend, the conversation you have with that friend is different to the conversation that you have with others. Is that a fair call? Yeah? The conversation I have with my wife should be different to the conversation I have with Sandy, yeah? It should be. I'm intimate with her. The relationship that we now have with the Father, we're called into friendship with him, yeah? An intimate friendship with him. The, real, the conversation with him should sound different. So when we pray, do we still pray as a doulos? 
You've got to think about this is your walk, part of your process as it is mine. Do we still pray as a doulos? Do we still pray to the Father as a slave? Not a slave in a negative context, a slave that knows how much the Father loves him and because of that, you, you just want to do stuff for him. Do you still pray from that place? Or do you now pray to the Father as a friend? Because it's different. Abraham was a friend of God, wasn't he? James 2.23 says, And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. And as friends, we talk different to God. Now, the passage of scripture is too long, but in Genesis 18, verses 16 to 33, is that whole conversation with Abraham and God about Sodom and Gomorrah. God's ready to wipe it out. And then Abraham, who's a friend of God, starts having a friend of God conversation. Yeah? Some of you may know the passage. Some of you may not. But different passages. You know, Verse 23, Then Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep away the righteousness with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people? And, and no, far be it for you to do such a thing. And it goes on. And then the Lord says, If I find 50 righteous people, I'll spare them. He continues in his conversation as a friend. What about if there's 40? No worries. If there's 40, I won't. What about if there's 30? Now, I'm telling you, a slave doesn't speak like that to the master, yeah? But a friend does. What about if there's 20? What about if there's 10? Yeah? Like he keeps going. This is a friend speaking to God. Do you, do I have that conversation with Father? Is that how we speak to him? Because it finishes right at the end and it says, when the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he left and Abraham returned home. Just like that. He has a conversation with God. God changes his mind because he's in a conversation with a friend. Yeah? An intimate friend. And then they just go, okay, that was awesome. Great conversation. Thanks, God. Thanks, Abraham. One goes home, the other goes home. Look, this is awesome. 2017 is about a year of freedom. This is what is set out for us if we want it. If we'll step into the TARDIS, go past the walls of what we thought the kingdom was and allow it to truly open up the way that it is. Yeah? We're now his friends. We're supposed to imitate God. How can we imitate him? Because we've got a spirit without measure. Yeah? What do I do if I'm imitating God? Well, do what he did and what, do what he does. I can't do that. He's God. Hold on. You have his spirit without limit. So create. Desire. I, grew, I went to Bible college where if you desired something, that was a no-no. Anyone else go to Bible college seminary, had friends? You know, There was a song that you'd sing. You know, I won't sing it. Please don't send me to Africa. Anyone else remember that song? It's an old song. Please, yeah. The whole premise of that song was, God, don't send me to where I don't want to go because you're not going to send me to where I want to go. And so we would joke in Bible college, we would say things like, oh God, don't send me to the Bahamas, don't do it. Because subconsciously what we were being taught is, if you don't want it, that's where you'll go because that's your sacrifice for him. Now, there are some things where that may be true, where it goes against what you really want, but you're doing it for him anyway. But God's not like that. He wants you to dream. He wants you to desire. He wants you to create. Because you're not just a slave. He now says, closer, closer, closer. You're my friend. You're my friend. You're my friend. 
It's not just narrow on the other side of the doorway. It's not. It's not narrow. Man, he wants, he wants us to dream. And our dreams aren't independent from him. They exist because of him. We exist because of him. We're created in his image. Yeah, We have emotions because he has emotions. We have ideas because he has ideas. We're now his friends. We can talk to him like Abraham talked to him. But are we prepared to grow in intimacy with Papa because of our friendship with him? Do you know more in life happens because of our desires? Yeah? More in life happens because of our desires than just receiving and obeying commands? We're now his friends. And the father, daddy, Papa, yeah? He loves to build on our ideas. He loves to build on our dreams. He loves to build on our desires. We are his idea, yeah? You and I, we are his idea. We are his hands and feet extended. We are the salt. We are the light. He has the plan and then he says, go, my children, my friend, go. Go, go, go. Spirit without measure, spirit without limit. So I want us to stand. So I want you to be encouraged in 2017. Yes, we're slaves, but we're so free that he brings us in and makes us friends. And so this year, your conversation with him needs to change. This year, you need to dream again. I know everyone preaches that at the beginning of every year. Dream again. Create. But it's so important. David had a heart after God's heart. Is that true? 1 Kings 8, 15. Then he said, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who with his own hand has fulfilled what he promised with his own mouth to my father David. For he said, Since the day I brought my people Israel out of Egypt, I have not chosen a city in any tribe of Israel to have a temple built so that my name might be there, but I have chosen David to rule my people Israel. You've got to capture verse 17. This is where we step into now when he whispers, you're no longer doulos, you're no longer slaves, you're now called friends. Verse 17, my father David had it in his heart to build a temple for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. So it was in David's heart to build the temple. You've got to get this. It was in David's heart. It was his idea. It was his desire to build a temple for God. It wasn't God's idea. It was David's. Being David's idea, the fact is that God listens to his friends. And so God listened to David and allowed the the temple to be built through Solomon. But it wasn't God's idea. It was his friend's idea. It was the man that had a heart after God's own heart. But that's only because he was able to speak to Father the way that Abraham, the friend of God, spoke to Father. So each and every one of us have ideas and dreams and desires for the kingdom in our hearts. They're not to be washed away waiting just for what God wants. He wants to birth those in you. But you need to allow yourself to dream. You need to allow yourself to create. You need to allow yourself to desire as a friend of God and you need to be able to speak to him as a friend because that conversation's different, yeah? I want to pray. 
Because I reckon it's a really exciting time as we move into 2017. If we can understand that we move into this place, that we're slaves because we obey and we know his love, but now because we've been obedient, because my children have been so good, that's right, because they've been so good, we now whisper and say, come closer. I call you friend. I want to have a different conversation with you. I want to speak differently. In fact, now that you're my friend, I'm going to make things known. The things that belong to me, I'm about to reveal to you. Yeah? And one of those things is that you have a spirit without measure. You have a spirit without limit. I've got plans. You go out and do it. Let me know. Speak to me as a friend. Dream, create, desire. I'm with you. I'm your friend. Because a true friend has your back, yeah? yeah? Again, one of those words where in life it just doesn't seem to pan out that way, yeah? But a true friend has our back. God has our back. He wants your conversation. He wants your dream. He wants your desire. He wants you to create again. He wants you to step out with a spirit without measure and without limit in Jesus' name, yeah? Let's pray. Whoever you're next to, if it's okay, just place a hand on their shoulder. If, there's no, if you, someone's by themselves, please turn around, have a look. If there's anyone on their own, can you make your way over there? If you're on your own, please don't be shy. Come forward and just team up with someone. It's a family. We are a family. Our theme as a church last year was the word together because we do things together. God does nothing outside of relationship. Nothing. Jesus doesn't do or say anything unless he's heard the Father do it. He's in relationship. We are in relationship with the Father and with each other. We do things together. Amen. But this year, not only are we going to do things together, we're going to do things with some new found freedom, building on precept to precept, truth on truth, glory to glory, strength on strength. Amen. So Father, right now in this house, in Mount Clear Church of Christ, Lord, regardless where we've come from or where we're going, regardless what we've done or haven't done, Lord God, this day we stand in this place, Father, and we hear your voice. We are your friend, God. And that song that we, that we sang earlier, Lord, we thank you for the love that you have for us. Lord, we shout it out. God, we shout out that love, Lord, because it's just overwhelming it flows it's it's not a secret that can be hidden lord and as we walk and talk with you father in this new found friendship this new intimate place past the narrow gate father into the fullness of the kingdom lord we pray that you would start to stir up through your spirit desires within us lord that creativity would blossom father that ideas would burst God, and with the spirit without measure that's within us, the spirit, God, without limit, Lord, we would step out in faith, Lord, into every area. We would see people healed. We'd see businesses opened up. We'd see friends saved. We'd see things happen that we could possibly never have imagined. We'd see relationships formed, God. Father, we'd see anger and jealousy and anxiety done away with, Father, and, and peace and joy, God, coming to the forefront of our lives. Lord, I just pray this would be a year of such freedom. Lord, as we step out in your love, Lord, as we step in to your love, Father, as we step out with you, Father, I thank you. Lord, we pray a blessing on each and every person. 
Father, that there would be an extra unction of your Holy Spirit upon them, that you would start to stir, God, and agitate within them, their very spirits, Lord, that they would know something's shifted. I pray, God, that as we step into tomorrow, even tonight, and as we pray, I pray, Lord, that you, through your Spirit, would actually point out areas where we're still praying as a slave. Lord, that we would start, Lord, our conversation, our words, our vocabulary with you would change, that we would start to pray as friends, intimate friends, no longer slaves just obeying, but intimate friends, Lord, with such an intimate relationship and knowledge of your heart. Father, we look forward to what's going to be birthed in the lives of the people in this place, those that we touch, those that we encounter. Lord, we do all this, Lord, for your glory. You are our King, you are our God, you're our Comforter and our Guide. You're our Messiah, our Saviour. And Lord, we give you all the glory, we give you all the honour, and all the people in the house said... Amen. Have a phenomenal week full of his freedom, living in a newfound friendship in Jesus' name.